Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Travel and Shit, your new favorite travel podcast, where I, your adorable little host, have a uh, conversation about travel. It's more about the experience of travel over here at Travel and Shit, as opposed to the, I went here and this is how I did it. So if you're new, welcome. This is a, you know, kind of fun little space we have here. I will give you the intro because here she is to my co-host. If you're watching on the YouTube to my co-host Binksy. So if you hear a smacking and such in the background, she's extra cute. It's the dog, my apologies. And if you're new, if you've been here before, you know that her cuteness is just what keeps her around and we deal with the smacking. So this week, I am happy to bring you another um, two guest episode. I had one maybe almost a year ago at this point, earlier, Jesus B, earlier in the uh, pandemic, I had two of the listeners of the show just come on and join me with, you know, for a conversation. This week, I've got two festival travelers. I've never been to a fucking festival, so I ain't got nothing to tell y'all about festivals. But I thought that it would be a really, really great conversa- conversation to have only because I've been curious about going to a festival. And it makes sense for me to have my, um, I don't know if I can say misconceptions, but my presumptions about festivals quelled because you just ask somebody that knows. That's the beautiful thing about this podcast. I don't got to know it all. You can ask the right people the right questions and learn what you don't know. So to my lovely guests, thank you both for being here. And I am going to start with Julie. If you would uh, introduce yourself and uh, let the people know who you are. Yes, for sure. Hi, my name is Julie, otherwise known on the internet as Frame Ambition. That's the name of my website, blog, YouTube channel, social media, everything. Um, oh, what to say? So. Uh, as far as my profession, I'm a travel writer, freelance writer, and um, content creator. So that is what I do for money. I'm a big fan of solo travel. I travel alone most of the time. I'm a really big fan of slow and long-term travel, um, which is sort of what I ended up doing last year. Like a few people kind of went abroad and just kind of got stuck. So I live. I accidentally lived in Uganda for eight months, which was fun. Wow. Uganda being one of my... Um, the home of one of my favorite festivals. We'll get into that later. Um, yeah, and I definitely do love solo travel and traveling for festivals. I love a good train ride. Um, yeah, born and raised in Nairobi, Kenya. I've lived here, I've lived in South Africa and traveled um, here in Africa and a little bit in Western Europe and the US so far. Um, best believe when the world opens up, I'm going to everybody's carnival in the Caribbean, can't wait. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's me in a nutshell. Thank you, Julie. And Tone, if you would go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, happy to be here. So I'm, I'm Tone, I'm from Barcelona. I uh, now currently live in Singapore. I'm here an expat. Um, about the way I travel, I, I prefer to travel with friends, to be honest, but I've traveled a lot alone uh, because of my job. One of my jobs, I'm a, a sales manager at a tech company. It's from Spain, uh, but I'm the manager for Asia. And at the same time, I'm the founder of uh, New Year's Twice, which I guess is the, the main reason I'm here today, uh, which is an event or, or a festival holiday in which we'll celebrate the New Year's Eve in uh, two consecutive nights, uh, first in Auckland, New Zealand, and then second in Honolulu uh, in Hawaii, thanks to Time Difference. And yeah, I'm excited to tell you more about it. Okay, so this is how we got here. 
Tone reached out about uh, discussing New Year's Eve twice. And I'm like, I have no frame of what kind of conversation we would have. Like, I don't want it to be an ad, right? Because that's not what happens here. But I really felt like I didn't want to dismiss the opportunity because I am curious as shit about festivals. It's something, and then also I wouldn't be... I'd feel a way if I kind of dismiss the idea just because it's something I hadn't done, right? Like it, this isn't my personal diary. I'm not here just to talk about stuff that I've done. I'm very curious, genuinely curious about, you know, the different ways other people travel. And my holdups from going to a festival is because I felt as if I wouldn't be welcomed in the space. I didn't feel as if I would personally feel safe or comfortable in the space. When I think of a festival, I don't think of, you know, uh, Jazz Fest. I don't think of, um, what do you call it? Uh, NOLA. What's the one they do in NOLA? Uh, uh, not just Jazz Fest. But, uh, well, yeah, I've done Mardi. Well, okay. So then I guess I have done a festival because I've done Mardi. I've done a few Mardi Gras. I've done about four. But like after you do like the first two parades, like I don't even show up to the parades anymore. I just go to my homegirl's house and we wait until she gets off work and we go drink and party. Like we just walk around and do fun stuff as opposed to, I guess, you know, the parade stuff. But that being said, I had a misconception of what festivals were. And then I went through Julie's content and while there was some of the broy frat party, you know, <laughs> especially that skiing one, I think it was in South Africa, yeah. the one you went to. Yeah. I was like, well, Very that's yeah. not for me. <laughs> um, but I saw how you absolutely had a good fucking time anyway. You know what I mean? And I think that a lot of that has to do with what you open, what possibilities, what potential you open yourself up to having. And the, I mean, past episodes, I... It's the hill that I don't want to die on, but this would be my hill, is that go with the intention of giving yourself the opportunity to grow. Like you don't have to go someplace and leave the same person. If you give yourself the opportunity, you can absolutely gain from, you know, any experience that you put yourself in. And the idea alone of what you're trying to do, Tone, is super, super incredible. And I remember when you were um, describing it, it was kind of the idea of democratizing the ability to do some real opulent shit. <laughs> like, the, you know, experiencing a, I don't want to say a global, because um, it's not a phenomenon, it happens every year, right? But um, I guess a cultural norm for a lot of different places in the world is to celebrate New Year's. So if you could, mm -hmm. you know, speak more to why you're doing this festival, what exactly you're... Uh, looking to anticipate what culture are you cultivating like what does your festival look like right so um in terms of the reasons why first of all it's in simple is because it doesn't exist right so i had the idea about five years ago and then uh, after deciding kind of like what the ideal places will be which uh, very quickly i came down to either sydney or auckland and then together with honolulu uh because of the size of the places that i felt like I couldn't go wrong. And then I started to do a lot of research to see if this existed and it didn't. And in terms of what you mentioned about democratizing it, there is a few events like this that advertised by or, or advertised by private jet companies uh, in the sense that you can gather 10 friends if you between the 10 friends have uh, $250K, right? And then do it. 
And then I said, well, it's a bit, it's a bit fucked up, right? That the only yeah. way that you can do this is through that. Um, so then my idea was to not only, let's say, organize a flight, but if I'm doing this, uh, which finally, of course, we, we are, this is about a year ago when we finally made the decision to go forward with this, uh, with this we thought, if we're doing this, uh, we're going to do it in a way that really bringing people together for its eight days total. Um, in this year, realistically, uh, we have to accept that most of the people will be from Australia and New Zealand, just because okay. of the COVID situation. Uh, I think it's just realistic to, to expect this. Now, most of our marketing is there. But in years two, three, four, our idea is to do it every year from now on. Mm -hmm. And to really bring people from all over the world, because you cannot really do it in, in any other time zone that is not really uh, touching as much to the East as, as these ones. And then hopefully we'll do something that, and again, this is not for this year, it's for uh, years to come, uh, organize something longer than one night in New Zealand and then people are gonna discover New Zealand and then again, go to Hawaii. So we have many ideas for, for the years to come. Uh, for this year, we're not taking any chances because doing it already in this year is already kind of a big chance as it is. So we, we wanna keep it that way. So what is the what does the actual uh, itinerary for it look like? You fly yourself into New Zealand is where you guys Correct. start, mm -hmm. and then you what you you show up for like the day of the party. So I guess you arrange to get yourself there whenever before mm -hmm. whatever. So you guys have a party organized, right? It, we are not the actual organizer of the party, so we work let's say as if a tribal as a tribal agency would work. So this was one of the things of not taking any risks this year we are uh banking on existing infrastructure for everything so it's existing party existing hotels uh okay. we partner with a tour agency we are kind of like bringing them hundreds of people so we do have a say in what type of music it's gonna go on which is electronic that was already gonna go on so that's not a problem and then we have a say in a few things of course because of the number of people that we're going to be bringing but we are not to put it this way, uh, we don't have a license for alcohol. Uh, we are not selling any alcohol. We are not the organizer of the parties. We are uh, putting everything together while uh, we do have a say about um, the, the style and, and what's going to happen. So you guys are basically the promoters. You're having the body show up to the destination and then facilitating that movement between spot A and getting on that plane and it's a it is a private exactly. plane that you guys are doing it's a charter flight so the biggest thing and the most complicated one and the most expensive one from from everything that that we put together is is certainly the flight uh we mm -hmm. thought that charter was the only way to go uh, number one because of the number of people and number two to select the most optimal time for the for departure so we leave uh january 1st 2022 from auckland uh, and uh, at, at 8.30 a.m. Um, and we felt like this was like the perfect time. If someone wants to maybe party until two or three, get some rest and then get to the plane, rest a bit more. Some people may just pull an all-nighter. We felt like it was the in-between time that, that you can do it. And then by doing this, uh, we're going to land before 6 p.m. Uh, almost certainly, probably like 5.30 or, or 5. Uh, on, on the marketing, we put 6 p.m. Just, just to be safe, but it's most likely uh, going to be before on uh, December 31st, 2021. So this is the, the coolest thing about it, that you land and you still have six hours until midnight. It's plenty of time to get to the hotel, get ready and head to the second party. So do you have, you 
do you guys do the room, uh, like the accommodations part of the trip, or is that for mm -hmm. the person to figure out on their own as well? No, we, we, we do so for. Uh, okay. I don't mind. I don't mind seeing the the, the prices already. So the price mm -hmm. for this year is uh, forty seven hundred USD for the early bird. Later, it's going to be uh, ten percent more expensive. Um, as okay. we grow during during uh, during the years, we hope that we can achieve economies of scale. Meaning, the more people that we bring, the people either the cheaper that uh, it's going to be uh, for this year. This is the price and it's the full package. So it's uh, four activities on, on Hawaii that I can touch on this later, which is one of the ideas of how we're going to bring all of our um, time travelers, which is how we call them because they are, they are traveling, right? Uh, we, we go back in time uh, to put it this way. Uh, plus the round trip charter flights, accommodation, and then uh, four parties, which are the, the two on uh, the two, both New Year's Eve's and then uh, two more parties uh, in Hawaii. So we party quite a bit, we party half of the time, but four days, there's no parties organized by us. There's a lot of opportunities and, and nightlife in Hawaii, but our idea was that some people may party every night and that's completely fine. But if you go to Hawaii and you don't do any daily activities, I think it's a bit sad. So we right. feel like we wanted to bring this balance to, to the people to be able to do uh, a bit of each. Lots of partying, but um, explore Hawaii also. Okay, so you're spending most of the trip in Hawaii. It's the one day in New Zealand for that evening. And I'm sure you could get there earlier if you wanted to extend your trip. That's, you know, on you as the traveler mm -hmm. if you wanted to explore uh, New Zealand first. And then you, I guess, coordinate with you. How is it, a, a, when I think of a charter flight, I think of like a private jet that has like six seats or something like that. How does the charter oh, flight work? That's a good question. It works exactly the same, but for 302 seats that uh -huh. we have. And, and if we see that we're selling quick enough, we're going to grow it to 604. So we, oh, we so you have two. that um, opportunity. Like it's the whole, it's a regular ass plane. <laughs> it's it's a plane. It's it's a plane like if you, yeah, it's like a commercial plane, just that we are chartering it. Okay. Uh, and we're getting the full plane. We And this has many reasons. And number one, I already mentioned the, that it's the most optimal timing, but then also the plane, I mean, quote unquote, it's, it's not ours, but it's, it's kind of like we can do whatever mm -hmm. we, we want in it. Um, when the time travelers, let's say they do the booking uh, via the website, uh, they can select, uh, I want to sleep option or I want to keep the party going option. And then uh, in the middle section where there is the, the curtains, we are dividing it like this. So there's going to be the section that is more kind of like in the middle is for the people that don't want any noise. And then the section that is closer to the toilet, uh, that's for the people that would like to, in principle, stay awake. <laughs> you, you decide this now when you book. Uh, we'll see how, how you feel on January 1st, yeah. of course. But <laughs> exactly. But just so that people can kind of like decide based on their personality what they think they're likely to do. Uh, mm. On the plane, there is no hard liquor. We just thought that this would be safer. But there is beer and there is uh, wine. Mm. Um, so if someone feels like, OK, I'm going to sleep four hours, but on the four hours before arriving to Hawaii, I want to start like speaking to the person next to me, start to know where they're from or why they came here, get a beer with them. Um, that's more for the keep the party going section. So what is your target audience? Like who, are, who is this being marketed to? I know you mentioned it was, mo you're expecting that it's mostly going to be people from New Zealand just because of, you know, COVID at this point, you're mm -hmm. not anticipating as many people from, you know, too far coming in. What are you doing Correct. in terms of COVID precautions and who do you think your your um, avatar is? Like, who are you marketing to? 
if I were going to, if I had five grand, I mean, mm. I'd give you my money. I'll tell you that much. This really does seem appealing. The idea of being like time travel, like how close am I getting to time travel outside of this? Like, this is super interesting to me. Other than of course you go to one spot and it's, you know, another time zone. So in for all intents and purposes, you could do it yourself, but I like this idea better. Also, you're doing a lot of the legwork for me, but what, if I were to, you know, purchase a ticket, what am I expecting? Am I expecting couples? Am I expecting a bunch of college students? Am I partying with a bunch of 12 year, like, you know, 18 year olds, 22 year olds, 40 year olds? Are these professionals? Are these, um, you know, is this a tech space that I'm anticipating or is this just, well, I have a job, I saved my money and here I am. No, so um, first of all, we, we do welcome anyone. So if, if someone is 20 and, and they want to come, uh, for sure they can. And if somebody is uh, 40 something and, and they want to experience this, we, we welcome them as well. But in terms of the paid ads that, that we're doing on Facebook, Instagram, and, and pretty much everywhere, as well as realistically, uh, people that has both the, uh, how to say, the, the money as well as the time, meaning they have worked enough years that they have this kind of money. It, it's not super expensive, but again, five, 5K is not, is not very cheap, while at the same time not having kids. Uh, we expect late, late 20s, early 30s, uh, and this is who we're marketing to. And we've been marketing it for three, four months quite heavily now. And again, it's been kind of correct because the traction that we are getting in terms of people that really want to come is, is that demographic. Uh, late 20s, early 30s, I think that a lot of 20 year olds think this is super cool, but a lot of them may not have the money yet. And maybe someone that is uh, a bit older also thinks it's super cool, but they have kids. Um, mm. I mean, also younger people can have kids as well, but just probably the older you get, uh, having these eight free days, it's uh, very difficult. Um, and then your other question was, what kind of precautions we are taking? So uh, again, I, I welcome everyone to go to the website, newyearstwice.com. We have uh, this is very clear on the uh, FAQs, but I'm glad that you asked just to point it out. So no one knows, right, what's going to happen uh, with, with COVID. I'm very optimistic. We are all very optimistic in, in New Year's twice in the sense that with the vaccine vaccination news, uh, both Hawaii and New Zealand are quite small in terms of population. Uh, I'm optimistic that it can happen, but if it cannot, we're going to refund the full face value of the ticket. So this is oh, wow. FAQ, FAQ number one. What happens if, uh, if uh, this uh, gets canceled? So we return the full face value of the ticket. Uh, and actually, if we see that there is any risk, uh, like a real risk of not being able to do it by September 30th, uh, we will just cancel it and return uh, the money uh, in maximum 30 days. The, the main reason we do this is so that um, everyone can have the money back by like October 30th and then just do other plans for, for this year. Uh, see that, uh, well, we do it first because of, of culture, like in terms of like doing, doing the right thing. But then these people say, okay, like uh, they did the right thing. We may do it 2022, we may do it another right. year, right? So uh, again, we are very realistic in the sense that nobody knows how, how the world will look like in nine months and, and 20 days, which is what we have now. It's a lot of time. I'm very optimistic, but uh, we hope for the best and prepare for the worst. Okay, so now Julie, what are the right questions to ask? Because I'm just asking in terms of someone that travels, right? Um, yeah. who, who all gonna be there is immediately what is my first thought. But as someone who's yeah. been to festivals and from looking at your content, 
I feel as if you can find the joy in, in where you are, what would you ask? What, what are some things that someone that is looking to go to a festival that hasn't had that experience might want to um, pay attention to? Okay, well, I think the first thing is to recognize how many different formats, I suppose, of festivals there are. I tend to split it up into like an overnight type of thing, including like you sleep on a festival ground or something um, versus a thing like events that you go to um, during the day or during the night, but you sort out your own accommodation. Um, so those are the big like rifts for me in my mind. And then there are those that are music focused and then there are art festivals and drama festivals and like all the, like I went to a snowboarding festival, you know what I mean? So there's so many different types. Um, so the first thing I would think is just to suss out like the general vibe or the general focus and the setting, the physical setting. Um, so you can start with that. I really enjoy um, sort of camping festival. A lot of people are not into it, but festivals where you go in and like it's a whole different new world that they've set up and you stay there and you're in there for three days and like you take out the cash that you need and everything and like you're in this bubble for three, four okay. days. I really enjoy that experience personally. But I've been to many where it's maybe uh, one of them is Saudi Zabusara in Zanzibar, which happens every February. Um, and what they do is it's music focused, it's live music. They've got three or four stages all around this old fort and everything starts at 4 p.m. I think it's Thursday, Friday and Saturday or I don't know, it's a weekend. Um, and so during the day, you just do whatever you're doing. You book your own accommodation, whether you're staying in Stonetown, the old part of the island okay. or a different part of the island. You can do that during the day, that's completely you. And then at 4 p.m. onwards, you come into the festival grounds and that's when it opens. And, but the rest of the time, you're just kind of on your own. Like you eat whatever you want, you, mm -hmm. you know, the day, like the, the trip doesn't necessarily have to um, revolve, revolve around, around the festival. Got you. Yeah. So as far as like, also what else to ask? Um, I think this is where marketing comes in really handy and like the, the branding of the festival because they'll generally, um, if, if it's not the first ever one, they'll have, you know, video and everything from previous editions and they'll have okay. an after movie that they make, that sort of thing. A lot of them will do that. Um, if not that, then just like photographs from, um, from previous, pre previous festivals and everything. You can look at somebody who makes videos like me and see what vlog I made and whatever um, observations I might have made or what we were doing or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think that when a festival gets its branding and its marketing done really well, it'll answer those questions for you in their in their branding. You know what I mean? Like okay. who's going to be there, what to expect, what's allowed and what isn't, um, everything like that. You know, I think at the same time too you can kind of just take who you want to take and decide what experience you're going to have as well. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like it's a little up in the air. A lot of them are very unpredictable as far as exactly what's going to happen because even though there might be something that's like a little bit fringe or a little bit niche, one year it might just get traction or they might get a new sponsor and now it's big and it's mm -hmm. like maybe it's not bad but it's a little bit different. You know, it's like, it's like people discover your favorite band type of thing. And now yes. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what kind of hotels tone are you um, having for guests to stay at? Is this a trip where, uh, like Julie mentioned, it's like you're staying on a compound or am I staying at hostels? Are we staying at hotels? No, it's, a, it... it's a four-star hotel. 
and mm -hmm. uh, we're gonna have uh, at least half of the hotel so it's gonna be kind of like this feeling of togetherness but in a very different way uh, again this for the first year uh, the price that we're getting for one plane we really couldn't bring it let's say much cheaper so we just decided okay let's just go um, not to vip and also not not too cheap uh, four-star hotels and then the whole experience is kind of like the everyone on the on your floor is going to be from the festival so this is pretty cool and then a lot of activities start from the hotel because we're going to have hikes we're going to have a boat trip um uh, also what else kind of like some sightseeing tours and and stuff like that and then our idea is that as we get more planes uh, then the, the price per person can go down and then we're also going to offer probably an option of camping so that's more like two three years down the line we'll have like several options and also as we make a name for ourselves we would also often offer more vip options so we would have okay. three layers for what now we have one and a half we have uh, the plane does come with uh, 18 uh, vip seats that they are a full full uh, lay down flat um then we're putting the price for that at 13k we don't expect many people to come of course we uh, we would hope so but we, we don't really. So what we're going to probably do with these uh, 18 uh, seats that, that we have is uh, lotteries. So uh, some people that may never have uh, had these opportunities. So for example, Instagram, if you reshare uh, or to 10 people or, or something like this, you enter in a, on a lottery with everyone that, that did it. If you're already paying for the, for the regular flight, right. uh, for the regular ticket, that's what I mean, the standard one, uh, then you get in a lottery to get one of these seats on one of the ways. Uh, and this is really cool, I think, because someone that may have never flown first class, they get to do it on a day that you're really thankful that you can be full laid down right. because you just, <laughs> you just went through a New Year's Eve and then you're going to the second one. So we thought that this was really cool so that even if we are successful with the VIP tickets, we're at least going to save uh, five of them for the lotteries and so that some people can, can experience that. So question for you, what are the, what do the communities that you guys are starting and finishing look like? Um, are they tourist areas? Are they residential areas? Is this um, like, are they, like if I'm thinking of festivals that say happen in New York, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Like we've got, um, um, I can't even name them, but I, I see them in my mind, so. I ain't gonna even say embarrass myself and try to name some festivals, <laughs> but I know like Governor's Island has some. I feel like um, some of the like Prospect Park has a lot of things. Like these are kind of at least Prospect Park at least is somewhat in the middle of um, I won't say residential and businesses, but like that area of Brooklyn has just like a lot of both, right? I can see mm -hmm. if people were staying or if people were coming for a festival that were in Prospect Park, they'd probably probably be in Airbnbs just because Brooklyn accessible, or also, you know, some probably Manhattan hotels. How far apart are you expecting people to be from the stuff that they're going to be doing in these different um, areas? Like I'm assuming that in Hawaii, you can be more spread out because you've got more time, right? But in New Zealand, if it's just coming in for that party, like, are you having people stay near the party? Um, are the communities where that is happening, like equipped for that, for like 300 something people mm -hmm. to be in that kind of space for someone that is uh, a bit more of an intentional traveler or someone that is concerned with maybe um, how their movements are going to impact the communities that they're visiting, what would, um, 
what type of information would somebody have to make a decision with? Yeah, it's it's very, very low impact because both areas are, well, in, in Auckland, we don't offer the, the accommodation. So it's it's one night and we expect people to either come a few days early if they're coming from, uh, so let's say, internationally, and then they would get a hotel probably downtown. Our party that we are joining is not our party. So the party that we are joining is called the Upside Downtown. Uh, it's an event where with one ticket, you can go to uh, five different venues. So that we thought this is really cool because you can go one and they're playing a type of music and then you go to a different one and you're changing clubs during the night. It goes until quite, quite late. So we thought this one was lots of fun. Also, it's near all the hotels. It's downtown. So even if we end up being 600 in terms of 300, it's really easy for, for that city to, to absorb it. It's a 1 million people city and this is really on the on the heart of, of the city so it really doesn't affect uh that much and in, in hawaii uh, even less so yeah, we're in waikiki so we're right next to the water on waikiki and this is an extremely uh, touristy area um so also we're, we're not having much impact on in terms of going there and, and the cool thing about the waikiki is that you're uh, like a even from the most touristy area you can get you can get lost let's say exploring very quickly so uh, diamond head which is one of the volcano craters is about i think 20 minutes away by car or, or bus we're going by bus uh there's really nice views uh, if someone likes uh, jogging only like i mean going like quicker than running in literally 15 15 minutes depends on how quick you are but probably in 15 <laughs> minutes you can get to some of these uh, really breathtaking uh, views of of uh, most of the kind of like uh, east east side of the southeast side of the island, so yeah, well, this is one of the reasons that we chose Hawaii. So there's a lot of nightlife, but literally in a 15 minute Uber or, or bus, you're in, the, in an amazing uh, landscape. Okay, so where can the people find more information about New Year's Eve twice and what it is you are doing? Uh, NewYearsTwice.com, uh, as it sounds, no, no apostrophe. So it, it does have an apostrophe on, on the name, but not on the website. Uh, and yeah, we do have an Instagram as well. It's New Year's Twice. If you put it all together, uh, you're gonna find us. Okay, so it's not New Year's Eve. It's New Year's Twice. So I've been exactly. We we we, <laughs> eat, we eat the Eve, and it's it's grammatically incorrect, but we thought it was fun, so we we kept the name like this. Okay, so NewYearsTwice.com and on uh, Instagram as well, you guys have information there as well. Okay, so Tone, thank you, first of all, for sparking this idea and um, having this open information of your um, festival that um, that you got. I really hope this works out for you guys, because I would thank love you. to be able to put my coins together and experience something like this, just because it seems so fucking interesting. The idea of really... First of all, I'm not a party person. It's just not my thing. But it's something that I would like to experience. I know my boyfriend does a lot of um, festivals. Like he's done the cruise, the, the one where you go in the cruise for like EDM. And um, I promise I listen when he tells the stories, but like, I don't know. Like he does all those things. So I would love if we could do that together. And this would really, um, I, I really think this would be a, a really fun trip. So thank you. Thank you for joining us. Is there anything else you want to um, wrap up with or leave the people with? No, just thank you for having me. This was lots of fun. And I guess I'll see you on the next edition of New Year's Toys. All righty. Thanks, Tone. Thank you. Okay, Julie. So you, my dear, are my festival plug. I, <laughs> <laughs> I saw the 
so let me start with I didn't want um this to be like a one-sided conversation with um tone just you know doing an ad for festivals right Mm -hmm. but at the same time like I was saying earlier I didn't want to limit the discussion to stuff that I've done before or something that you know I had firsthand you know um experience to add to Mm -hmm. the discourse with I how did you get into festivals? Like, do you remember your first festival? Is it something that you, are you a party person? Is like, what is, what would you pack it into a nutshell? Yeah, I'm quite the party person, but it's also a combination of being a party person and really like a lover of just live music. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really cool. It's not always, I'm not always at a festival because it's a music festival, but often that's probably how it started. And also just, um, as a kid in high school, like EDM was like quite popular when I was in high school here in Nairobi and like those were, I think probably my first festival was Earth Dance. I'm not sure, I don't know if you're familiar nope. with the <laughs> I guess, franchise, but it's like one of those things that goes on in different parts of the world at this, on the same night or at the same time or whatever. Okay. okay. So it's like a whole like, um, yeah, it's like it's like conservation focused or like, you know, planet focused or whatever, but generally the vibe is EDM, people come and party, like, I think their tagline, at least at the time, was like, come and dance for the earth or some shit. <laughs> it's cute. It's real cute. hippie shit. Um, <laughs> and then um, I do remember they had camping, at least when I was, when I was going, I probably went to two or three when I was in high school here in Nairobi. Mm. They definitely had camping, but I would just go for the night with my friends and leave. So it was a party okay. thing, even though it went on definitely for, I think, 12 hours. I think they did like, 12 to 12 no I don't remember might have even been like 24 hours anyway um it was daytime and it was nighttime and they had a whole range of things they would have people like selling cool clothes and things like that doing temporary tattoos doing real tattoos Mm -hmm. they're always food vendors um they usually had like one or two stages but the main main stages they would have these EDM acts and I was really into that as a as a teenager I still am but now I'm um I kind of like I spread it out a bit more as far as like what constitutes party music for me uh-huh. so I think that it's it's very much an EDM thing festivals because if it's like you know going to see your favorite DJ live the vibe is really festivaly, even if it's okay. kind of technically a concert so I think my first ones were probably going to earth dance um here and then the first one that I actually considered a festival I probably was second year at university in South Africa. I went to school in a town called Port Elizabeth, which recently has had its name changed um, to something I can't pronounce yet, but that's oh. interesting. So um, I went to a, a pretty pretty famous, pretty um, popular festival in South Africa called Rocking the Daisies, which okay. is held on a farm, like an hour outside of Cape Town. Um, and it's, it's not... It's not so EDM, but it's a bit more like alternative rock type things. So the year that we went, I think it was 2013. So first of all, it's one of those things like you get in and you do not leave the premises because there's nothing around. So whatever you need okay. is there. They'll have their ATMs, food vendors. It's a campsite. So I, actually, I don't think you're allowed to cook for yourself at the campsite. I don't know. Um, and there's You can set up your own tent or they have like glamping type things. So you pay a bit like a higher okay. ticket price and then... They have a set up tent for you with the beds and everything like that. They have showers. There was even like, like a ladies glam tent where you can go and like blow dry your hair if you wanted to. Okay. They had of course food vendors. 
And then they have all these different tents where um, I remember going to a comedy show because there was a comedy tent that was. Um, oh, so they make a huge, it's not just yeah. a bunch of music. No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. And That's what got, I had in like, my head. Yeah. So they've got food vendors, of course. And then they've got other vendors selling different things like um, people either sell clothes or again, do tattoos and things like that. Um, other forms of body art. There's probably like one or two piercing people um mm -hmm. people doing henna what else um people kind of leading workshops and stuff like that so if you want to like sit and paint for a little bit somebody's got a painting workshop set up there for you i remember there being a wwf tent and i think they were taking donations like for like research and conservation mm -hmm. and stuff it was like save the pandas or something At that point, <laughs> <I was> <laughs> there's some things that are just like it's a bit of a blur i don't know <laughs> yeah um and then there's like it's a really beautiful ground it's a whole huge like i i think it was a wine farm that's not really used anymore so it's just this field this is big okay. field that probably two weeks before that they're building everything they're putting up different stages you know they're setting everything out um they had like a little dam where people could go and swim it was just like a full-on you will not run out of things to do because it is 24 7. wow like, if you want to go and sleep you can go and sleep but it's never going to be like quiet and over except yeah. for maybe the food vendors who have to shut down and everything like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. so that's like the first major I suppose major festival experience I had so I went with like five or six friends we shared a tent we set it up there did not see each other because it's one sometimes <laughs> you just lose people there were 20,000 people that year wow um yeah it's like there's no cell service most of the time <laughs> sometimes you just bump your head are you having fun <laughs> and then um yeah so it's like it's quite a hectic one that one I mean it's like yeah it depends it depends so even within that there are different crowds and there are different vibes so the main tent okay. it's like it's for like alternative rock kids who like that kind of music so we went and um a band called Alt J was headlining and then they had the Hives who I believe are a Swedish band I knew like one or two songs of theirs but their show was very good um mm -hmm. And then the rest, I didn't really know the rest of the musicians. It was mostly South African bands, which I didn't know much of. I just got there. So I was like, I mean, I'm going to go because I like festivals. I like these two bands at least. And I like these people I'm going with. So right. we're going to see. That explanation that you just gave is like half fun, half terrifying to me. The idea of <laughs> not knowing where the people I came with are terrifies me because it's like, in my, it's, I don't know if it's, I don't know what to necessarily attribute it to, but I grew up and it was like that girl code. If we came together, we leave together like that. Mm -hmm. Don't yeah. separate. Like we, we, we pee together. We get drinks together. Yeah. We are doing all of the things together. If one of us Which needs to we smoke. we mostly did. We all have sometimes to smoke. Just, well, at least we were sleeping in the same tent. So we could always go back to the tent. Yeah. Maybe like a note or something. And it was both okay. guys and girls. So it was like a little mm -hmm. bit less bad. But okay. I definitely stuck with one of my girlfriends and the rest of them, I was just like, man, we'll see them when we see them. I don't really know, but you're staying with me. And then like, you have to consistently keep anything of value, of value, like on your person. Like you can't leave anything behind. I think that- Some, some festivals have like a locker type system. So you pay just okay. for storage and they'll lock it up for you. That one, I don't remember, I don't think so. Um, and also sometimes people would just leave stuff in their car because there's, you know, there's parking because okay. most people would drive there or ride share there because it's just so out of the way. 
Okay. The middle of almost nowhere. I kind of like that. You can kind of lock stuff in your trunk, but then in my mind, I'm thinking somebody is sitting in a car watching for people to go to cars right. to see what they take out to see like, I. Right, so when you leave, like it's mine, you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm thinking of all of these. Like, no, it's true. And you should. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm not nuts. All those things they told me growing up were like things like I even still make, um, if we go shopping, like if we go to the mall and we come back to the car and we drop shit off, like I'll put it in the trunk and then drive my car someplace else. Like I won't leave something in my car. I won't let somebody see me put something in my car. Cause even if it's sheets or towels, like they don't know that. And so in my mind, yeah. since they don't know that you've got the potential to now get what I got. And I, it's just mm -hmm. one of those things, like at, at least in well, my end in New York, it's from holiday shopping travel, like holiday shopping issues where people like run up on people and rob people come holidays. And so, oh, yeah. especially when I worked retail, that's always been one of those things. Like if I come back to my car for lunch or if I bought a bunch of shit at work and wanted to put it somewhere, I always move my car. It's just like in the back of my head, like I don't want to give someone oh. an, a way to victimize me without me at least. Like, I mean, if I'm gonna get got, I'm gonna get got. Like people yeah. get victimized, right? But I try to do like my absolute best so, to so try and prevent it. Yeah. And the idea of that many people. And I also just watched um, Midsummer. I don't know if you saw it. It's on. I don't know I if it's on Hulu. It. What did you think? Girl. <laughs> Another reason why my black ass ain't never going to nobody damn festival. I don't. The idea of it being very um, complete and utter. It, it's like a a catch 22, right? Where the idea of complete and utter spaces of whiteness don't sit well with me. Whereas I also live my life in a lot of white spaces, mm -hmm. right? Because there's that distinct difference where I can leave when I want, or mm -hmm. I'm able to keep my autonomy and keep my level of control. Some places you can do that in other places, I don't feel like you can. And when Come to comes, Africa, my dear. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I was so the only place in Africa I've been was to um, motherfucking Casablanca, which I don't really cognitively cognitively connect yeah, as a little, Africa. A yeah, yeah, it's like in my mind, it's like I understand myself to be on the continent, but I don't. It's Middle East to me. You know what I mean? Like when I got mm -hmm. there, I didn't feel like I saw people that looked like me until mm -hmm. I went to like the market and then a whole bunch of Senegalese people and people that were selling goods from other places. I'm like, okay, you look like me. This is what I wanted yeah. my experience of Africa to be. Whereas it was just a bunch of white people and Middle East, uh, Middle Eastern looking people. But that mm -hmm. being said, the idea of being in a space of whiteness where I don't know that I can feel as if I'm in control because of that, um, the, what's the, um, the word I'm looking for, the idea of being uh, isolated, that level of isolation, mm -hmm. when you are kind of at the mercy of the greater energies that are in place, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just have not personally found anything that, for example, if I were to go to Essence Fest, right? It's a whole yeah. bunch of black folks. I trust mm -hmm. that the collective community would look out for me. Now, granted, I could get got out there too, but I just yeah. trust that the collective community would uh, look out for me or um, just not 
have the idea of placing the same mm -hmm. type of harm on me that a community that doesn't look like mine would. Now, it could also just be, and I do believe that it is just my, you know, it's kind of like when people say move out of America to leave the racism, right? But if you move any place else, <laughs> Americans, because like they say like, oh, I want to leave. I want to go um, someplace else where I'm not worried about, you know, someone looking at me like I'm stealing stuff. But I'm like, but are you not going to question why someone is still looking at you when you get that place? So it's one thing to leave where you think you're not welcome, but it's another thing to still take the, um, the point of view that you hold in that space someplace else. And that's what my hold up, because I absolutely would love to live in other places of the world just because I enjoy experiencing other places in the world, right? But I don't think that even living someplace that isn't America would make me feel less, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, token okay, so or, okay. yeah, I don't feel as if I would not be met with racism. First of all, racism is fucking everywhere. But secondly, mm -hmm. I know that I would be looking at everything as an American. Like I would be yeah. experiencing myself as someone who spent 35 years in America. So I would go to, I don't know, let's just say Uzbekistan. I don't know why that's the first place that came to mind. Let's just say I go to Uzbekistan, son of white folks. And even though they're not American white folks, in my mind, I'm looking at you the same way I looked at American white folks. I'm, so it's like, I don't think that just leaving or going someplace mm -hmm. um, different is necessarily the answer. And so I can very much so say that I, think of festivals and I think of traveling to predominantly what I would presume to be white spaces as lip is like giving me that kind of anxiety. You know what I mean? It just, you know, well, let me, let me present to you this festivals, please. like the whole idea or their whole basis is celebration. White people okay. don't own celebration. Americans don't own celebration. Yes. There are music festivals of all different types of music. There are also cultural festivals. In Mali, yep. there's the Great Mosque of Jenin, which is one of the oldest and grandest mosques, and it's completely made out of, uh, of mud and um, thatch and everything. Every year, everybody from that town and whoever else wants to join them all comes together and they rebuild the mosque because you've got to maintain it like that because of the mud. That's a festival. Okay. You know what I'm saying? There are, um, there's one in Lamu here at the coast of Kenya called Maulid. And it's just like music and dancing in the streets and everything. And it's a festival celebrating the birth of Prophet Muhammad. Um, mm. You know, there are, again, like I was saying, the snowboarding festival. Actually, we were in South Africa and there was not a majority. Well, we were in Lesotho, let me say, excuse me. Um, but where it was is a few hours away from Johannesburg. So the whole thing was run by um, people from Johannesburg and was attended by uh, majority South Africans. Um, excuse me. And you know, that's a, that's a specific space. Um, again, there are things like Essence. I'm not sure, is Essence kind of, is the focus like the, the speakers or is it like much more of a music focus? I think that it is um, a little bit of both. It's, I'd say, depending on who you are, I'm certain that some people are going just for the music and then other people are going just okay. for the culture like they're going for the stages they're going for the conversations they're going for the just being around other people like-minded and i guess when you look at it 
when you frame it to me in that lens that like, well, yeah, it's a festival. Like people go to different festivals for different things. Like it's to kind celebrate of- what's important to them or what they enjoy. It could be yeah. food. There are so many food festivals, like all these places where I guarantee you could walk into Guatemala and find like 10 coffee festivals and you just go and mm. taste coffee with Guatemala. Oh, wow. That's a thing? Going. I'm sure there is. <laughs> what? Probably I there like are the chocolate coffee. festivals. There are oyster festivals. Like Yeah, New Orleans has one. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> I don't there know. There are and... definitely <sighs> wine festivals and like mm-hmm. beer festivals. Do you know what I mean? Film festivals. Those are some right. of the best ones too. My favorite ones, at least. There are African film festivals. There are mm-hmm. um, art film festivals. You know, there's probably architecture film festivals as well. It's like as niche as you want to go, you can go there. And um, you know, at the end of the day, it's one of those things that's like people kind of find their people. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's actually yes. I, find, I find a bit less of a worry in that in that way because sometimes I'll be entering into a space where it's majority white people again the snowboarding festival was majority white South Africans mm-hmm. even though I had been I had gone with my friends it was still kind of like I don't know it's like people are loose people are generally it's a good vibe I've been to very few festivals unlikely going on random nights out and seen like drunken fights people mm-hmm. are on all kinds of things but yeah. generally people are happy because it's like you kind of it's like it's almost like entering a portal a lot of these things like you enter a portal you're here for a few days and you just get to be whoever you want to be almost you know Mm. it's like a lot of them people will dress up in all sorts of ways like I'll wear things I would never wear even on like a night out it's like I'll put on a blue bob I don't care like (laughs) doesn't matter you just be whoever you feel like being today it's fine and that's Um, your experience of music festivals or all kinds of festivals like that general uh, beat who you want to be. But more often the ones that you um, sort of stay on the compound, mm-hmm. that's more likely to be a music festival. Okay. Yeah. So things like things like film festivals and stuff like that, more of most of the time it's kind of like you go to many different events within this space of time and then where you stay and eat and what you do outside of the film um, screenings, that's your business. Okay. So they kind of they're they're those both of those types. What is your favorite festival then? My favorite one. Um, I think. Are we? Oh, Nyege Nyege. goes on in September in Uganda, in Jinja, Uganda. So it's, yeah, it's like one of those like electronic type things, but it's extremely, extremely Pan-African. It's like Black people mm. first, Africans first. This is us. You can come, but you're going to know you're in Africa um you're going to remember it every time you know what I mean so again it's like a few different stages of different types of music um tattoo artists and things like that there is camping so when I went I've only managed to go once because last year I was literally where it happens stuck there but the festival couldn't go on oh right 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 (laughs) (laughs) um so it's like at the you know at the beginning of the river Nile so you're just there at this like abandoned resort on the river you can go in and swim if you want to whenever you like there's all different sorts of um, DJs will come and other singers and rappers will come. They'll have traditional dancers and drummers and um, different music troops. Um, yeah, they have all sorts of food. You can come in and out. It's not that difficult to get to town. It's not very far. Because um, I remember the first day I was like, I'm going to need more cash. And they didn't have an yeah. ATM on site. So I went to town. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a really wonderful vibe. It's very... 
it's just it's very friendly it's like one of those get lost it's very where they hold it it's again like i said it's kind of an like a, a closed resort mm-hmm. but it's really like indoor outdoor is really it's beautiful. accessible it's, I guess. it feels like it almost feels like everything is outdoors mm-hmm. um and it's like the greenery is beautiful uganda in general is so lush and beautiful but this being on the nile the way it is is so lovely the time of the year is perfect it, it doesn't get too hot there may be some showers for like 30 minutes in the afternoon but it's like welcome because it's been mm-hmm. quite hot and we've been dancing and everything yeah and it's just like the vibe is really just nice like I, what's when that I one called went, again Nyege, Nyege. i'll type okay. it for you and, and send you a link um okay. yeah so it's like it's they have people from all over first of all the continent and other parts of the world and all kinds of experimental music and like nice. there was one <laughs> there was one dj who i think was actually two who I think were from either Singapore or Malaysia and they were playing this like really psychedelic crazy music and I was like I don't know what this is but okay we're here I'm here and then, <laughs> like, everybody sit down and close your eyes and they like had a hell of a little like meditation like five minute huh. meditation session with their music in the background they were like no seriously everybody sit down we're all looking at each other like um okay oh, right <laughs> wow and like the, it's very much a lot of it a lot of things like anything in life it depends how you approach it but I think yes. a lot of these spaces there are people who are specifically like um their whole thing is being a producer of a festival and like coming up with the lineup and the general vibe and what's allowed and what isn't and what's going to be encouraged and what's not you know what I mean what kind, what does that, that they, mean as far as the- in terms of the what's allowed what's not what's encouraged is there like a general um consensus consensus for the tone and the environment that they're going for like how does that get portrayed yeah I think that again it it depends on like their marketing and their branding and their website and everything like that so they'll have like FAQs on the website um just like practical things like what time should I get there and how do I buy tickets or whatever um and then there are of course like do's and don'ts like you have a security check at the entrance you can't bring in this you can bring in that you know um, okay. And it's the way that they run it or the way that th- their, their tone um, of marketing, like many, like many different festivals. I've actually um, worked, worked for a festival here in Nairobi doing their social media. And like the tone of how you speak to this community, especially if it's not a new, hmm. new festival, you expect return um, attendees and you talk okay. to them like, you know, this is what we do. We want you to have the best time ever. This is what we're doing to ensure your safety. This is how you can help us out. This is how you can have the best time ever. Here are, you know, some hacks, things like, you know, remember to stay hydrated or remember your uh, swimming trunks or whatever. Right, and right, right, costume. right. And then, you know, um, yeah. So I think that like the way that they communicate who they are and what the vibe is before, during and after mm-hmm. um, really like plays a part into that. And that's, that's how you, you know, you attract people who agree with that or who, okay. who know that they will like that. So I guess you kind of answered the next question I was going to ask. How do you suggest someone, I don't want to say suss out, but find their people? Because I really appreciate you pointing out that a festival is really just a celebration of the shit you're into, right? Like Mm -hmm. the general demographic of the people there are going to be happy about why they're there. So how do you think someone should, if I, for example, am into um, coffee, how do I then kind of read the tone or are there any kind of festival 
terminology that someone that isn't really particularly outside of just picking a party, right? Or outside of choosing a restaurant or someplace to shop, is there a different way to choose a festival? Like, how do I know what, cause you know, between uh, uh, mixed, me mixed media, if you will, where if they've got a pretty diverse group of people in the advertisement, that's gonna be mm -hmm. my first tone. Like how many black people are in your ads? You know what I mean? Like who all is your spokesperson? for your festival. Yeah. Like those are things that I would think that I would look to in order to suss out whether or not this is something that I would feel comfortable when I got there. But how do you think somebody should kind of weigh their options in terms of looking into a festival to see if it's going to be something they're into? Well, for one, I think um, if you, you can look at, look at what's happening around where you already are or where you're going to be as opposed okay. to, you know, like flying across the world for something and you're not really sure what the vibe's gonna be. Right. Um, if it is kind of happening and you're there anyway, or if it's happening around you, um, you can check for what's there. And I think a good, a good thing to do also is like, there are often different tiers of festivals because more, than, more, more often than not, the festival is a few days rather than one afternoon or one night. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can get like the Friday ticket and see what's going on and see if you wanna get the rest of the ticket and everything like that. Um, okay. Aside from that, you can always um, look up things like reviews or some, you know, if people have written articles and things like that, where okay. they might have been covered as far as in the press. Um, if they have, say, like a Facebook event or something or, you know, like just a page or what public response has been online as far as previous mm -hmm. events or what, what specifically they're looking forward to. If somebody's like, oh, I'm really looking forward to like this room or that um, and performer or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, gosh, I don't really know how you can, aside from just going with something that you're interested in and in a place that you either will be in or already or is around you, I think that you kind of just have to jump in. You don't need to commit mm -hmm. necessarily to like, again, like spending the whole time there. Right. But personally, I would just grab somebody who's interested in the same thing, do a quick scan of their media or online presence or their branding, um, if you can, if you know somebody who's been, or if you come across mm -hmm. somebody who's been, there's there's no harm in asking what they thought about it or what the what they found the vibe to be. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you've got to just go because you don't know what's yeah. going to happen. Like there are some um, once or twice I've gotten like um, media media access, have, being somebody who covers festivals a lot on my YouTube channel, mm -hmm. and not been able to like get people together to go with me. So maybe I've just okay. gone alone and been like. Oh, Gosh, I don't know. Like, I promised this like coverage, and so I have to be yeah. here. It's almost like a work thing, and had a really good time and met wonderful people. And sometimes, again, like solo traveling, sometimes uh, it's a, it's actually a bit easier to like yeah. speak to strangers when you're on your on your own. And Absolutely. there's the added benefit of then at least having some kind of overlapping interest with something mm -hmm. you're interested in, which okay. it might it might be a bit easier. It's like a it's like a macro. <laughs> Macro or micro? I don't know. <laughs> micro. The micro is the smaller, macro is the bigger. Yeah, it's like a yeah. hyper, hyper social solo travel experience or a hyper travel experience, you know? 
I do find it a little bit easier to do things solo just because it gives you that opportunity. I feel like people are more willing to, you know, give you the time of day when it's just you. People are yeah. less likely to dismiss you when they see that you're by yourself. And I think it's a little mm-hmm. bit easy for me. It's a little easier to just, you know, strike up, strike up a conversation when I'm traveling. Like whatever happens, it'll be from one person. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it won't be the big deal, bro. <laughs> so have you had any bad festival experiences? Um, hmm. let's see. I think just sometimes getting kind of like a little overwhelmed and just being like, oh, there's too much and I don't know what to, what to go to first or like what to see or getting timings mixed up and maybe missing something I wanted to see because I was stuck mm-hmm. over here. Um, at this Rocking the Daisies festival I talked about in South Africa, I was with a friend, we were at the main stage and she was next to me and the person next to her somebody behind them started peeing. Some guy just like started pissing just right there. Cause it's one of those like waiting for the main act and everybody kind of, and so he wouldn't leave and go to the bathroom. He just started, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing he was drinking. I don't know, but he really just started peeing behind us. It's like, sometimes it gets like that. He was definitely, yes. Um, and then same festival again, we went to a different stage, which was like a little bit more like, uh, like gritty. The person, Another friend of ours wanted to take a video of this like Afrikaans rapper just because he thought it would be funny to send it to his mom who was Afrikaans. And it's very, yeah, see, it's, a, it's Afrikaans rap, it's Afrikaans people. It was quite rough and it was like a lot of like mosh pit type energy. So we're like, okay, we're gonna stay at the back. Somebody ended up throwing a can from the audience. It was just like a completely different vibe from the other stage, which was just like right. people jamming to like indie rock. And this was like, ah. And like same friend who had been peed on, this can like came out of the end and hit her in the head. And we were like, we need to get out of this stage. This is not our area. <laughs> I too have been hit in the hand in the head with a can, a can? from uh, yeah. It was actually the first concert I ever went to. And oh. it was at college and the roots was performing, but yeah. it was a white ass school. And like, I, I'm, I promise you, it was like the African Student Union or the, um, the Black Student Union or uh, the Black orgs on the, on the um, campus that actually put this together because why else would the roots be there? But mm-hmm. it was so much fun until the community because it's a um, upper class white community where they were just like, hmm, cute, shut it down. And mm-hmm. at the end of it, like they were just like, you know, throwing shit from the stage like you know red bull cans and just you know interacting with the crowd if you will and for some reason i remember ajana if you're listening to this i was looking in ajana's face i was speaking and lo and behold i turned just in time to see the red bull can clunk and yeah i was fine clearly was was there red bull in it yes or was it empty oh it was a full can and i think it was a signed can so I ended up keeping the, and I gotta ask my mama if that can is still upstairs in my bedroom because I'm pretty sure it was signed from somebody from the stage. That's <laughs> so funny. The fucking head. But I guess that it's, you get the opportunity to choose what festivals you want to go to. And it makes just, exactly. I don't know why it didn't connect before that so many other shit that I would do are actually festivals. Like, you know, alternative rock or Christian rock isn't the only kind of festival. Cause I'm like, no, I don't want to go to a fucking Christian rock festival. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't even know but that I want to necessarily. There's definitely a market. So they'll find yeah. their people and you'll find your festival. I don't know that it would, I can, I, 
when I, it just, I'm so kind of embarrassed that it didn't make sense beforehand that it's just like, bro, like not every festival yeah, is like people a frat take, party. People take narratives and run with them and everybody else. Oh, is I did. Like, okay, you just put this name on this thing, which a lot of other people are doing. Mm-hmm. So why are you not acting like you own it, babes? <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, you would absolutely go to a festival. You just wouldn't go to a, that you know, time. EDM. Like I wouldn't go, I wouldn't yeah. buy an EDM album. So why would I go to an EDM festival? But I would absolutely mm. go to a coffee festival. I would go to Jazz Fest. I would go to yeah. like an R&B festival or I would go to, you know, a, a pop festival. You know what I mean? Like there are a lot of different things you would do. It's just like that yeah. one segment of what I thought it was ended up like, fucking up the whole rest of them for me and it's yeah. just like well damn girl other than people peeing on your friends like have you had any <laughs> scary experiences have you had experiences um, that kind of made you feel like I don't know this one I'm not coming to again like this is it um I haven't I haven't like ruled out going to anything again once I kind of stumbled on um what's well, a bit different but it was pride barcelona um so you know it's a pride event but that's that's also kind of a festival and it was one of the post events it was like a night party and I was actually I had left a mall and I was walking past where it was happening and I was like oh yeah it's pride right now let me go check mm-hmm. it out this is like this foam party thing and there was like some dj and I'd heard a song I recognized I was like oh I love that song okay I'm going there and it was like free and I went in there and I like met a few random people but there was like a, a handful of just like creepy men energy uh-huh. Like, what are you even doing here? Or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is my wife. And I'm like, with things like that, I'll usually laugh <laughs> and be like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's my wife. But then like, there's something about that this particular man that just like made it a bit weird. And there's yes. also the added context of being black in Barcelona. I don't know if you're if you're familiar with that whole vibe. <laughs> so I have a friend that's out there now, a black woman, and hating it, and she's really? like, I fucking hate. She's like, I hate it here. Because she hasn't mm-hmm. really been able to find that um, that community that she's looking mm-hmm. for, and I yeah. I was only in Barcelona for like uh, an afternoon into like the evening, and we ended up going to um, they actually had which I guess would constitute as a festival. It was like a big street fair. It was a whole bunch of like community organizations that had dancers. It was like a lot of food, um, a lot of just like community groups that just gathered and music and dancing, um, Mm -hmm. lots of food, 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 and like little tchotchke shit that you could buy and stuff. But I I took the train there, did that, and then took a taxi home. That was my experience Mm -hmm. in Barcelona. Yeah, my, I don't remember where in my stay this was, it was probably like towards the end, because I was there, I was in Barcelona for a week and that's been my experience of it. But yeah, I stumbled on this after party, pride after party, it was like a fun party. Uh, and these two guys were just kind of being weird. So I was like, all right, that's enough. I'm going to go. Yeah. And that's so, the thing, you, you know, can just leave. Like that. What I have heard also, I've never been to India and I've never been to Asia, period. But um, Holi, the festival of, mm-hmm. is it? It's not the festival like of color. Black festival. But yes, I think it's the, the color where they throw the um, right. powder. Um, a lot of people, particularly women who are not Indian, black and white, kind of leave or like come out of that. Like the experience can sometimes be a little... Mm, because people will throw powder on each other in the street, but it's also like not unusual that they'll actually put it on you physically and be like, yeah, oh, happy okay. but yeah, a, a lot of men apparently take it a little bit far there. And like, I've heard this many times, like numerous. I'm, I'm not sure like particularly what towns necessarily or whatever, yeah. but things like that, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about. I would give yeah. it a try, 
but yeah. you know it's also nice to have the option to be able to leave that's another thing about um i wouldn't go for like an overnight three nights in the middle of nowhere and you're riding with people as like your first festival or as a festival you're really not sure about it yeah unless there's an option you know maybe they have like um like a bus share thing or a ride share mm-hmm. thing and people will be coming in and out okay but yeah something like a rocking the daisies like you're a little bit stuck there unless you're going to drive yourself wherever you are and most people carpool because it's you know so much, so much easier so, yeah so i think that you've given a shit ton of perspective <laughs> on festivals here but where can people find you if they want more information on festivals or if they want to see your experience with festivals? Yes. Yeah, so I have vlogged a handful of the ones I've been to on my YouTube channel, which is Frame Ambition, youtube.com slash Frame Ambition, or you can just search. I have an entire festival playlist and she does. planning on <laughs> adding to that sometime soon when we can again. <laughs> Vlogging, vlogging the online Zoom festivals is not quite the same, but yeah. you know, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> I'm pretty much Frame Ambition on everything. Frameambition.com is my website, so you can get in touch. If you if you like to read my blog, I, I sort of write a lot about um, working remotely and being a digital nomad, yes. um, generally about things like um, being a visa hacker is what I have proclaimed myself. Because I, um, you know, we were talking about this festival in New Zealand and Hawaii, and I was like, that's cute. That's two visas for me, my dear. So I don't know. Okay, <laughs> got it, separate. right. Oh, gosh. Yeah, all oh, <laughs> right, that makes sense. That makes absolute sense, damn. Yeah, yeah, it so, would be just the one for New Zealand, but it's another thing that you don't think about. I don't actually. I don't think you would need one. You have a U.S. passport. Uh huh. I'm pretty sure you can just go for like a month or two as Sweet. a visitor. I think so. Sweet. Yeah. Well, you you check that. Don't don't. Right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't have five thousand dollars, so there's no. There's, also there's a hard that. pause there. <laughs> Yeah, so I, you know, I make a lot of content about getting, going about getting different visas and sort of making them work for you. Sometimes you can get, right now I do have a US visa until the end of May. And I only found out like a a year or two ago that it actually can land me entry in like some Balkans countries, some Asian countries. I started watching that video. Yeah. Yeah. When you have it for one spot. I make content to do with visas, um, digital nomadism just you know traveling consciously as, as far as like cultural mm-hmm. culture is, is concerned and decolonizing the whole space so you know I come from a previous UK colony mark how I'm speaking English and how I sound um, mm-hmm. and very much from a from a country with an old industry of the safari industry which in itself okay. is a colonial creation you know what I mean so just going about that like consciously and seeing what changes we can make so that um, the actual native people of the land that you're traveling on don't continue to be disenfranchised because oh, that, that is a conversation that is a conversation i'm going to hit you that's very afterwards. much you know if you'd like to invite me to speak anywhere yes. I did a piece last year which was really cool i really enjoyed that so doing more mm-hmm. of that i'm a freelance writer as well so you know worked on a few pieces for photos and readers digest and everything mm-hmm. so all contact and everything and all of that is on my website frameambition.com and then same on Instagram. My Twitter is just for bands, honestly. Don't worry about Twitter. But okay, yeah. <laughs> Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, website, YouTube, it's all frame ambition. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much. And I will um, absolutely have all that information in the description box as usual. 
And you can go to uh, travelshippodcast.com if you can't remember to, or if you un, if you are unable to access it in the uh, description of whatever app that you're using. Like if the hyperlink just doesn't work for you and it's you know difficult, I don't like doing the copy and paste either, uh, good girls. So if it's not working in whatever you listen, travelshippodcast.com, and it'll all be in the description for this episode in particular. So thank you again to Tone and to Julie for being my guest this week to unravel the fuckery in my mind about um festivals i really appreciate yeah that it's it's not just by uh this little corner of the world doesn't have to be uh i guess as i don't want to say dark but it doesn't you don't have to stay in your space of non-information give yourself the opportunity to learn what it is that you don't know so um Thank you to you guys both for that. And remember that travel is so much more than vacation. And there are so many opportunities for you to continue to grow and develop yourself as a person in these opportunities that are generally mad fucking fun. All right, y'all. So see you next week on the next episode. That's it, y'all.